0: Welcome to Elder Health Connection, a podcast where I gather innovators in elder healthcare to discuss their unique perspectives on caregiving and care receiving. My name is Caroline Morris, and I use my combined experience in biochemistry, physical therapy, health coaching, and growing up next door to my grandparents to dig deep into the complexities of aging and then draw out practical solutions that can fit into your life. I record this show from my home in Alexandria, Virginia, sometimes with the input from my dogs, Vinny and Barry. Thank you for joining us today. Today we get to hear from Nicole Reynolds of Smooth Moves Therapy and Optimal Daily Living Wellness. She is an occupational therapist with a master's degree in science who understands total well-being through mind, body, and spirit. She believes that looking at our whole body through mindset, lifestyle, movement, nutrition, and a positive outlook are the keys to optimizing health. She has worked in a multitude of settings, finding her passion working with those with Parkinson's disease. Nicole and I had a great conversation about Parkinson's disease and all of the aspects that can affect it and lead to improved function. I can't wait for you all to hear more from Nicole.
1: Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited to talk with you today. I think we have a lot in common with our philosophy of care of moving towards a more wellness, all-encompassing model, and you are doing it in the field of Parkinson's. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is correct. Movement disorders, Parkinson's, and just chronic conditions. Yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So can you give us a little bit of an overview of what Parkinson's disease
1: is? Yeah, Parkinson's disease is actually the second most common neurological disease behind dementia. So it's becoming more and more prevalent in society today. And it's a neurological motor disease. It's chronic. It does not go away, unfortunately. There's no cure at this time. But it's mostly pretty much just a neurological disease motor, and it affects the motor functions. So the people with Parkinson's usually you know, move slower, or they have a freezing of gait, They've become stiff, rigid. The muscles just aren't as limber and loose, I guess, as they used to be without going down too much of a rabbit hole. But it affects the dopamine levels in the brain, and that is replaced through medication. And the positive part of Parkinson's is that it is regulated through medication very well. So it's not, I've got Parkinson's, and this is the end, and I'm done, and my life's over. It's actually, Finding a movement disorder specialist will help you to regulate the motor symptoms that come along with Parkinson's. And a lot of people have had it for, you know, 20, 30 years, and they're still okay. You know, you have to just be up on it and go to your neurologist and get the medication changes, but uh, it's completely motor. And just because you have a diagnosis of Parkinson's doesn't mean, you know, your life's over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you have got your start with Parkinson's disease as an occupational therapist. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about that work and how that would help this disease in addition to the medical management?
1: So I've been an occupational therapist for 10 years now. So I would say about five years into being an OT is when I developed the need to be I would say a Parkinson's specialist in the therapy world. My grandmother and her brother actually have been diagnosed with Parkinson's. So I had someone very close to me with it and I watched the disease kind of deteriorate them as far as they were moving slower, their posture went, all these things that were happening. And I just watched it before my eyes and I said, there's got to be something else. So that's when I kind of develop that niche for the Parkinson's world, I guess. So what occupational therapy does with those with Parkinson's is we really look at the functional skills, uh, activities of daily living, uh, your function in your day-to-day life, dressing, going to the bathroom, getting in and out of bed, preparing a meal if that's something you need to do, just the functional things like that, getting in and out of the shower, walking to your mailbox to get your mail, literally getting in and out of the car. I mean, the list is endless. And also we really look at the fine motor and the hands, you know, handwriting, eating, self-feeding is huge with the activities of daily living. Yeah, so that's what occupational therapy does in a nutshell. We tie everything to function, basically.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it's all of the things that we take for granted that we need to do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Absolutely. I mean, getting out of bed is one of the biggest complaints, you know, where it takes two seconds to just leap out of bed and be on with your day. One with Parkinson's, it might take five to 10 minutes or longer just to get out of the bed. And that becomes a burden on the caregiver because they have to help. But then also on the patient themselves, just feels kind of sad that this is how I'm moving. And I still am with it enough. I want to get up, but my body's not letting me.
0: Yeah, that's a hard way to start the day, just to feel kind of trapped in the bed or dependent on someone else.
1: Right, exactly. It is, it's it's sad, but that's kind of where it tugged at my heartstrings a little bit, that there are ways to improve those mobility issues and those mobility dysfunctions.
0: So could you give us an example of how you would help someone improve getting out of
1: bed? Yeah, so everyone is very individualized, but, I always recommend stretching in bed before you get up if you can. Now, I know a lot of people have to go to the bathroom as soon as they wake up. It's hard to stretch in bed when your bladder is screaming at you. So I always, if you can move quicker or bend your knees and just kind of roll out with some speed, usually that helps. The thing with Parkinson's is that you feel like you're moving normal, but you're not you feel like you're moving fast enough but you're not so your kind of perception of how your body is moving is skewed so where you feel like oh i'm trying as fast as i can and it feels okay it's actually slower than what it should be so you really want to go at like a level 10 (laughs) as much as you can to make it feel like a normal which would be like a five let's say so I always tell them to just go as quick as you can, roll onto your side and basically just roll out. Like if you have to go really quickly. Also, if we're talking adaptive equipment, bed rails that go under the mattress, you can buy. And those help people a lot to just help pull them up as adaptive equipment.
0: Okay. So you can do a little bit to kind of hack the brain with how things feel different in Parkinson's disease Mm -hmm. to help get up as well as adding some props or equipment to make it easier too. Exactly. So as you were practicing as an occupational therapist and watching what was happening with your own family members, what did you notice were some of the gaps in care where people weren't getting better despite your best efforts?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people who came in with the mobility concerns, balance and things like that, I would ask questions about how they're sleeping or what else is a concern. And a lot of them said I have no energy, I'm always tired. So we kind of dug into what are you eating? How are you sleeping? And everything else in your day-to-day life. What do you do all day? Are you someone who's a busybody? Do you just kind of sit in your recliner all day? Are you what are your demands? What are your roles in your life? Okay? So Are are you the caretaker of your husband or wife? Are you, you know, there's, there's so many variables. So I was asked all these questions and I found myself time, time ticking where I'm asking these questions and time goes by and I'm like, Oh my gosh, our session is almost over, but we didn't address your concerns of quote movement and balance, which is what we needed to do for the insurance and yada, yada. So that's where I found the gap where I was like, there's all these other things that are affecting your ability to move better and they're not being addressed. How can I have you move better if you slept for three hours last night? How can I expect you to have the energy to get through in an hour session if you didn't eat breakfast? So that's where I found the gap in the medical model is it's so objective. You need to hit these measurements, these benchmarks, And if you don't, see you later. And so that's where I had the concern. And I found over the time of working with people with Parkinson's, that that's where people needed almost more help to receive and get the greatest success. To maximize the outcomes, we needed to address all the other pieces of the puzzle rather than just help me move better.
0: Yeah. So, so much great stuff in there about how addressing the really foundational components of life, of eating, sleeping, having an appropriate stress level really have to be taken into account before you can expect improvements in some of these other areas.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I mean, that goes for everyone too. You and I, if we didn't sleep good last night, we had a restless night of sleep, our day the next day is probably not going to be as productive as if we got a nice night's rest. And I think that just applies across the board too. If you don't eat a well-balanced breakfast, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure for the rest of the day. And we really need to be more aware and more in tune. And that's where I developed what I did is to just help educate and guide and help these people who maybe aren't really realizing that these are as big of an issue as they are.
0: Absolutely. And I know just for myself, when I don't sleep well, especially multiple nights in a row, the first things that go for me are my speech. I start having word finding issues and not articulating well and my coordination and my balance. And those are all Things we think about in neurological conditions. And, you know, even those of us who don't have a diagnosis get impacted in those areas with sleep.
1: For sure. You're always like a little off, you know, maybe you bump into the wall. Yeah. yeah. Your balance isn't good. You're like, what the heck is happening? But, you know, you didn't sleep good, or maybe hydration is huge. Maybe I didn't drink enough water. I need to drink more water. So, us as, you know, healthcare professionals, Know those, know that, and are in tune to that. So we can identify these factors where others you know who don't have the medical background or don't you know haven't grown up like you and I in in this world where wellness and hopeful holistic medicine and stuff like that is more aware, people are more aware of it. I think we just need to educate them on you know identifying these factors that could be contributing to the main concern they have.
0: Yeah, it's so important. I think raising the awareness is really the first step to it, just to know, like you said, that things aren't always random. Why am I having a bad day to start probing a little further of have I had any water today or have I only been drinking coffee or diet soda, which is something I hear a lot from patients. Did I sleep at all in the past week? Things like that.
1: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly the model I'm portraying with this venture, this business model that I have now.
0: So can you tell us a little bit more about this business model? Like how would someone come to work with you? And what's your process from the first visit moving onward?
1: So it's very similar, I guess, to it's a similar process with the medical model so it's the health coaching and then also there is therapy for people because i do believe therapy is necessary occupational and physical and speech therapy i think they all have their place the health coaching and mobility coaching is um is completely a wellness model so it is look it is starts with an initial evaluation very similar to what you would have when you go to a therapist. So we sit down, we talk about all your concerns, we talk about everything. What is your day-to-day activities? What time do you wake up? What time do you go to bed? What's your diet like? What's this? Like, How much do you weigh? What's your height? All the things. So it's a completely interview process. And from there, we kind of determine, what's your biggest concern? How can we help you get there? And how can we do it together where it's sustainable? So where a therapy setting might say, okay, do these exercises at home. Here you go. Come back next week. Did you do them? No, I didn't. Okay, well, that happens nine times out of 10. Yes, it does. And so that's where I question, why aren't they, why are we not doing them? I'm not gonna hold your hand, but I'm also gonna see where is the, where in your brain is saying, I don't wanna do that. So how can we make it so easy that, You can just implement it into your day-to-day life. How can we make it a habit? How can we have it stack, stack it on something you're already doing? How can we, you know, do the stretches while you're brushing your teeth? How can we do the stretches while you're waiting for your cup of coffee? So I look at all those components rather than just giving you the exercise program to reach those goals that you want to reach. I think, and I know Parkinson's is an ongoing you know, it's, it lasts forever. So I think, and people's bodies are always changing. So I think goals and I think, um, environment has a lot to do with it, whether you're living at home in an apartment, you know, into like, uh, wherever you are with family by yourself. So the wellness model is to more in the coaching, more to just help you find the motivation and help that person find how we can make all of this sustainable and how we can keep it so that you do this forever rather than just saying, I don't want to do this exercise program or I don't feel like it. So that's that's where I found more success is that making things simple, things that people like to do. And so that's why the interview process and the evaluation is so, I would, it's an hour, but it's a lot of questions. All right. <laughs>
0: I love this approach. There are a few things I want to highlight. Um, Just an hour with a healthcare provider is amazing (laughs) with how fast-paced most of medicine is these days to have someone with you for that amount of time and really listening to you and learning about you, I think is really precious. And I love that you're focused on sustainability that's something you know in my work as a physical therapist i've loved working with parkinson's it's really fun to see how rapidly exercise can change someone's um complete presentation with how they're moving around but then what was frustrating was we would make so many gains over you know, maybe the two months we did therapy, and then six months later, I'd see the person coming back in again, almost from square one. So seeing that things really hadn't sustained after discharge from that structured physical therapy. So I love that you take that head on and make um, integration of the exercises paramount to your program.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think that was the frustration with me is a lot of it was education. So a lot of the people that I saw with Parkinson's would often say, I want to get stronger so I can move better. And most of the time that wasn't, a lot of the times these people were very strong. It wasn't a strength issue. It wasn't like, let's get stronger and I'm going to build my muscle and I'm going to be better and everything's going to be great. And we're all just going to run off in the sunset unfortunately it is a progressive you're basically playing tug of war with your body so it's a it's something that you always need to be working on and i think that it's hard to for people to i think come to terms with that it's kind of like it sounds like oh i could get as strong as i want and i'm not going to get better and that's pretty discouraging however on the flip side is that you have complete control over your body and the more you move and the more you are aware you can control those movements and you can continue to live the life and the mobility that you want but it's it's tough work but i mean that was where i was like you can't just get stronger stop and then we're going to be okay like unfortunately this is something we need to do forever and that can be scary. And that's why I developed the well with the wellness model because and making things so easy and sustainable because these need to be forever. You can't just do X, Y, and Z exercise and be cured, unfortunately. So keeping them sustainable, keeping them simple is how I have found that people with Parkinson's have had the greatest success. Yeah. It's
0: like, that's just what life is now. It's like, you know, you put on your clothes every day. You do your exercises every day.
1: Exactly. Yep. Yeah.
0: Especially in our Western culture, there's a real drive for a cure or a quick fix. Or even if it's a really big thing, people would rather do it one time and <laughs> know they don't have to do it again. Like we see a lot of people preferring to do surgery for certain conditions over therapy, but that just doesn't exist in Parkinson's right now. And so I think the value of your process is you're helping people over the long term come to terms with this and and find some healing along the way, even if there isn't a cure for their condition.
1: Yeah, and I think that's just human behavior. You know, we all want the quick fix. We all want a simple way out. We want the path of least resistance. That's just the way we're all wired. We don't like to do things the hard way. So, again, that goes back to simple and sustainable, you know, movements and things like that. And also, I mean, simply changing or eating breakfast, for example, is instead of eating a muffin, you know, let's pick something a little bit more nutritional that you still like, and that could make a huge difference. You know, that's not revamping your life. That's not reinventing the wheel. That's just making a smarter decision to set you up for success where it's like, Oh, quick fix. Let's just do the, this surgery and that. How about a quick fix of swapping out, you know, your muffin for a yogurt? So it's, it's simple little things a lot of people, I don't think, realize. And it goes back to the education factor. Absolutely. Can you give us an example of a patient you've
0: worked with where these simple switches have really made big differences and what that process looked like?
1: I can think of one example just right off the top of my head. This particular person likes to exercise and they like to move and they like to they're just scared to death of getting worse is what they say so they are exercise fanatics you know five days a week the pilates the fitness trainer they do the stare like they are hardcore with movement okay we're talking diet okay so this person was eating x y and z forever and now you're exercising five times a week at a pretty vigorous level and still eating the same of what you were eating before you were being, you were exercising so vigorously. So your calorie in is the same as the calorie in, but now you're, you're increasing your level of activity like a lot. (laughs) So we kind of discussed how, how the process works when you exercise and how you loot. you know, you need to replenish your muscles and all of that. So we talked about different protein drinks um, to drink after exercise and how increasing your meals, maybe a snack during the day rather than just breakfast, lunch and dinner, eat a healthy snack, whether it be nuts or some cheese, if they're dairy. I mean, it's it's kind of what that's what she does. And she started because weight gain is a concern for her. She doesn't want to lose any more weight. And so again, I said, we need to significantly increase your calorie intake because of how much you're exercising. So that was a big, big part of our session. I mean, that lasted multiple sessions. Um, So we got the protein drinks and we actually got a weight gaining um, protein powder and she makes milkshakes. So that's going to add like a ton of protein to her diet, which is huge. And we also work on timing with the medication because one thing uh, with Parkinson's is the timing of meals with the medication with the carbidopa, levodopa. You want to make sure that you're timing the meals appropriately, appropriately, just for max to maximize the um, nutritional value. So we work with that and kind of time those. So that ha- that process alone has taken multiple sessions. Do you think Medicare is going to pay for that? You know what I mean, yeah. like. If I sat there and we just talked about what, you know, doubtful, I mean, how can I objectify that? You know, so that has been amazing for her because we have really increased her calorie intake and we've prevented her from losing weight. You know, her neurologist said, do not lose any more weight. We have really worked together and she feels better. She has more energy. She actually feels like she can stand taller because her back's not getting so tired just because her body, her muscles are just staying strong for a longer period of time. And she's not losing that muscle energy, that fatigue, that muscle endurance so fast. So that is one subset of what we've worked on with this whole wellness holistic model. That's not something I had the time to do when I was, you know, treating someone in a clinic who wanted to improve their mobility, but this completely goes hand in hand with improving the energy levels, which in turn help with the mobility levels. So, I mean, she was someone who froze a lot, who freezing of gait was a big concern. And I mean, that has significantly decreased since we've revamped kind of what, when she's eating and how much she's eating.
0: Well, that is such a great story to share. And I think it really highlights that when we meet our patients or clients where they are with what's important to them at the time, how so much can start to fall into place, you know, as a result of it. She probably wasn't thinking that, you know, not losing weight was going to impact her freezing of gait, for example. But it just goes to show that when you do these really foundational aspects of health, so many other things can improve in the process.
1: Right. And keeping things again, simple and sustainable. I we talked and she's someone who doesn't like to pull out the blender and pull out the fruit and pull out the milk and pull out the yogurt and make the milkshake. She's like, "I'm not going to do that." I was like, "Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to tell you to do something you don't want to do." So, she found it easier for her to just buy the already made protein drinks and, you know, those little containers and she just takes uses those and that's fine. You know, like is it better that she makes the milkshake? I don't know, maybe, but she's not going to do it. So why would I have her do something she doesn't want to do? I'd rather her have the drink out of the, you know, just flip the top open and drink it than have to make one. And even we've talked about energy pre-workout drinks too. And she's like, I'm not going to take the powder and mix it in the water. That's too much. And I'm like, fine. So buy those pre-made as well. And it can, you know, like not like there's certain ones that are better than others, of course. And so I just make recommendations based on you know, my own research on what has good, you know, like the ingredients and things like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's what it's coming to them, meeting them where they are and understanding that, you know, having them weigh their food and make the protein drinks with all the things is not really something that everyone wants to do. And if you don't want to do it, you're not going to do it. So that was exactly what we worked on. What, what works for her? What, what can we make sustainable? Cause it's better than not doing anything.
0: Yeah, it's this is just such a practical way of doing health transformations because I think we get hung up on what's the best way to do things, but it it doesn't matter if we never do it. <laughs> you know, something that's a little bit better than what we're
1: doing now that we'll actually do can really go a long way. Exactly. That's that was exactly the whole Thing I want to portray with health and wellness is you don't have to break out the scale. You don't have to break out, you know, you don't have to go to the store and buy something you can't even pronounce. So it's really just keeping it simple, trying to meet them halfway and compromise, figure something that'll work and that's sustainable and that can last for the long term. And I mean, we're going on with this well, like months like this was a conversation with the diet we had like months and months and months ago and she's still doing it. So clearly it's sticking, it's sustainable and it's working for her.
0: That is just such a great outcome and it's these things that we know, you know, as health coaches are true but it's still so fun to see it work in real life too.
1: And everyone's different and everyone has their own approach with health coaching. I mean, I just treat people the way I would want to be treated. I don't like to pull out all the things and buy the stuff that I don't know that I'm going to use once and throw it away. Um, so I kind of transfer, I guess that into my health and wellness, uh, coaching therapy business, just because that's the person I am. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that makes
0: it so approachable too. It's not, So scary to reach out to someone like you who practices in this way.
1: And and it's always, there's always a plan B, C, D. There's always another way. You know, it's not, it's not black and white. It's not, hey, you have to do it this way or you're out of luck. Too bad. You know, there's always a way we can change things, modify. There's always a way to adapt. And I guess that's the OT and me is adapting and you know compensating and all that stuff too. Uh, so there's always another way. There's always there's always another plan if if plan A doesn't work. Absolutely. So Nicole, how does someone
0: um, work with you? Do they? I know for the occupational therapy, they would have to probably be with you in person, but for some of this coaching, can that be done remotely?
1: Right. So the, yes, the um, therapy is local only. So I'm in South Florida. Uh, so that would, the therapy process is the therapy process, the doctor's script and all that. But the health coaching is where I see the most success. So the health and mobility coaching, you can find me, send me an email at uh, Nicole at optimal daily living.com. And then my website, you can head there, uh, optimaldailyliving.com. And send me an email, and I would love to talk to anyone who's interested in this. Uh, It's virtual, Uh, there's different packages. So I offer the first 45 minute session right now is complimentary, so I can get to talk to you and understand you and see if there's, uh, if we would be a good fit. So the first, so you don't have to come out of pocket initially at all. It's a free 45-minute session uh, to discuss the goals and where you want to be and kind of where you are and if we can get you there and all the things.
0: (laughs) Yeah, great. I would encourage you all, if you are resonating with what Nicole's saying, if you have Parkinson's disease, to just go ahead and schedule that session. I think you'd find it to be well worth your time.
1: And absolutely. I want to highlight too, it's not just I will give you tangible strategies you can implement right away uh just to show that you know this works just looking at you from a holistic lens it works and it's not reinventing the wheel and it works you know just little things you can do and just change but not not huge just little easy things can make a huge difference and that's what it that's what's achieved in the 45 minute session
0: wonderful do you have any parting words of advice for us or words of wisdom?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would say words of wisdom. If I'm talking to anyone with Parkinson's, movement disorders, chronic conditions, or their caregivers, I would say is to find someone who can help you, who can be accountable, can kind of be your advocate and be by your side. Um, it's not a dead-end road. There are other options. You can continue to be the best version of yourself, even though you have this chronic disease. It is not the end. And there's plenty of people out here to help you and want you to continue to live your life and improve your quality of life. Such a great note
0: to end on. Thank you so much, Nicole, for your time today.
1: Yes, you're welcome. And thanks for having me. It It was a pleasure.
0: This podcast is provided for informational purposes only and does not create a provider patient relationship between us. If you have questions about your health, please speak to a qualified health professional. If you would like to learn more about working with me as your qualified health professional, please visit carolinemorris.com. Did you know that gratitude is good for your health? If you found value in this episode, please share it with a friend and leave a rating or review to keep the connection going. Subscribe to elder health connection on your favorite podcast player to get immediate access to upcoming episodes. Thank you for listening
1: with love and gratitude, Caroline.